Hello, you have reached the Wild Woman Hotline, a place for visionary entrepreneurs like you to listen in on value-packed episodes for growing your brand in bold and strategic ways. What is up, Wild Woman fam? I've got a question for you. Is becoming a podcast guest on your goals list for the new year? Or maybe you've been dying to create your own show and position yourself as a value-driven host. Either way, I really encourage you to listen all the way through to the end of today's episode or save this baby for later so you can harness all the wisdom and knowledge that today's guest is going to share with us. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined by personal brand coach, Jason Sercone, who takes us into the world of building brand authority and the sought-after, no-like trust factor through the podcasting medium. You might be familiar with Jason because him and I have collaborated on workshops and masterclass in the past, but during this conversation, Jason is going to share with us how he helps entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals to leverage the brand-building power of the podcasting medium to establish authority, increase visibility, and accelerate personal brand growth. So what sets Jason apart from other personal brand coaches and podcasting experts in the industry? Well, in his words, he is a very no BS, straightforward guy who believes in telling it like it is. He doesn't buy into the quote unquote guru shit and he wants to make sure everyone is building their brands with realistic expectations. So as a coach, Jason is extremely passionate about building your personal brand with podcasting. He is also passionate about using the podcasting platform to expand and grow your network because remember, your net worth is reflected by your network. And he's also really pumped about creating compelling content to help you make your brand stand out. So with no further ado, let's dive on into this conversation with the man, the legend himself, Jason Sercone. All right, Jason, so you and I have collaborated a ton on a lot of different resources for our communities. And for anybody that might be new to you and who you are in the space of branding, can you talk a little bit about what it is that you specialize in and really how you help entrepreneurs to succeed with their brands? Absolutely. Yes, as you said, Tristan, we've had the pleasure of collaborating on a number of different projects and they've all been worthwhile. So anybody listening that hasn't experienced those should definitely do some digging and find what Tristan and I have done in the past. But yeah, what my big specialty is, I I work in the podcast space mainly, but I work in personal branding. I help people build their personal brand through the podcast space. And mainly what I look at is the guesting side of the podcast element being a value-driven podcast guest can open up so many windows of opportunities for you and your brand if you approach it with respect and you do things the right way. And there's a lot of people that try to leverage the podcast platform as a sales mechanism. That usually falls flat. And if you're not putting yourself in a position of being a valuable resource that not only impacts the audiences that you're talking to, but also sets yourself, you set yourself up as a resource for the podcasters. They're going to do selling for you. They're going to tell their audience why they recommend you, why they think you're so good, why they saw something in you. And that's why they're, why they brought you on the show. That's really where I try to put my attention is helping people understand these fundamental skills of how to be a value-driven podcast guest 
and how you can build your credibility and establish your authority and take your personal brand to new heights by being this valuable podcast entity. And I think that is so important in my experience being predominantly a host. I'm working on being a guest more frequently right now, and it is a so much fun and be the networking just podcasting in general. The networking is absolutely incredible, but I've had some really uh, interesting experiences with people that I've brought on to be a guest on my podcast where what you're talking about just etiquette preparation knowing how to provide value not turning everything into a sales pitch has really made it my has made my job as the host and the person producing the show 10 times more difficult than it needs to be which ultimately takes away from what I have to put into the show, because then you have to go back and correct errors. You have to try and Frankenstein an episode together so that it delivers some form of value. So when you say podcast etiquette or best practices or how to be a value driven host, can we just dive into some specifics of what that looks like for anybody that is maybe new to you and your expertise? Oh, I'd love to. I mean, I think that the way I look at this, why I feel like the value that I bring to the table when I'm working with somebody is that I'm also a podcaster. I, I've been podcasting for almost eight years now, and I currently host a show called Evolution of Brand. When you listen to that show, I, what I can tell you about it now is is an amalgam of all the experience that I've gained over the years. And, and a lot of those mistakes have been, I mean, a lot of that experience has come from mistakes. I learned some things and really effed up a lot of different elements and it's taught me how to do things right. So when I'm talking to somebody, I can talk to you as if you're, if, if we're working together and you're looking to be a guest on shows, I know what a podcaster is looking for. I know what they want in their guests so they can create good content that helps them grow their audience, have their message spread to a much further part of the world. And then that brings them more opportunity. So if you can contribute to that growth, that puts you in a good space. So in regards to etiquette, if you're on the guest side, you have to respect what the podcaster is after. On the host side, you have to know what the guest is after. And when the two of those elements come together and there's some synergy, that leads to better chemistry to where there's an actual conversation that breaks out between host and guest versus the host asking a question and the guest just trying to sell a product or a service or the host not actively listening to what the guest is saying because they have a bullet point list of questions that they have to get through or else this won't be successful. No, when you have that chemistry, you get an organic conversation that breaks out and it's compelling. It's deep. It goes beneath those normal surface level questions that podcast guests have been asked a hundred times on a hundred different shows. And that's what creates content that people stand up and notice. When you can put that in front of your audience and they can say, ooh, this is a little bit different. I've heard this person on other podcasts, but Tristan is going deeper with them. They're taking time to dive into their story and learn more about how they've built their brand and how they've had to overcome all these obstacles. I love this. If I feel that way after I listen to a podcast, chances are I'm going to tell a friend. Or I'm going to tell a colleague. You need to listen to this too. I learned so much. You as a podcaster needs that type of exponential growth to get your show to take off and to continue to build. So the easiest way to look at etiquette is you have to respect one another from both sides. And when you're coming in as the guest, come in with 
the mindset of I'm here to provide value. I'm not here to sell. This is not a transaction. I want to build relationships with each and every person I'm communicating with. And if you're the host, treat your guests with respect in the thought process of I'm going to serve them some good questions. I'm going to elicit some great responses. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into what they've done. And that's going to help them tell some stories that maybe they've never told before. That makes for better content. And when that happens, everybody wins. Mm-hmm. And one of my absolute favorite questions to ask, and I sincerely apologize, Jason, because I did not ask you this question. So I can't even say this is one of the questions I always ask, because there we go, is I love to ask people before we start recording, what do you never get to talk about that you are really passionate about? And that was something that I didn't get the opportunity to ask you. So what is something that you are really passionate about as a podcaster that you don't get the opportunity to talk about? And let's go there because literally putting these principles into practice as we're speaking so people can see how this plays out, I think is a really interesting approach to teaching this concept that you're talking about. So what is something that you don't get to talk about very often on podcasts that you absolutely love? I love that question. And I'll be honest, I've never gotten that question before. I I think it I want to stay on the same subject because I feel it's incredibly important. If you're not taking time to create compelling content, you're not giving audiences a reason to stay loyal to your content, loyal to your podcast, and then recommend that podcast to others. There's just too many options out there. And if somebody else is going the extra mile to dig a little bit deeper, deeper and below the surface with somebody. And to define that, let me say like, we'll use an author, for example. This is often something I talk about with on my show because I have a lot of authors that come on my podcast and it's just it, the example works. If you have an author on your show and you say to them, tell us about writing your book. That's so surface level. And they've probably had to answer that question 150 times in numerous platforms, not just podcasts. So they're going to have a canned response. But if you say something like when you were writing your book and you were putting the chapters together, you'd say you got the chapter 10 and you just hated everything. Did you just have this irresistible urge to hit the delete button and start over because you hated everything you'd created so far? It's more of a deep dive. And if they have experienced anything even remotely close to that, They're going to tell a good story. And that's what people show up to podcasts to hear. So you have to be thinking on this level of what can I do to make my content more compelling from both sides. When you're the host, when you're creating these questions and and in building these show formats, you have to think about what's going to make my audience really grab hold of this and stay with me from start to finish. If you're a guest, way that most guests present themselves to podcasts is with some suggested questions that they can hit a home run with. If I'm building a show format and someone does that for me, I look at every one of those and I'll say, okay, I'm going to use this and maybe doctor it up a little bit. Or this is perfect as is, I'm going to ask it verbatim. So I'm always thinking a couple steps ahead. That's my process. But if you're on the guest side and you give these compelling questions that elicit these great responses and start good conversations, you're already ahead of the game. And that podcaster knows when they ask that question, they're going to get a good response from you. And it's all about creating this compelling, engaging conversation at the end of the day. So when new audience members hear it, I should say when old audience members hear it, they love it. They keep digging in deeper and then they turn around and share it with new audience members. 
that's how you grow. And then everybody wins when that happens. So yes, compelling content all the way for the win. If you're not thinking on that level, your podcast simply can't grow. And if you're not being a compelling, engaging guest, you really can't benefit the way that you would if you put yourself into this position to really dig deep and go into your authentic story and tell it to the world. And that's one of the things I love most about podcasting is that you get to have a completely different type of conversation than you can have anywhere else in the online space. The conversations that you're going to have on a podcast are vastly different than the type of content that you're going to write because just short form content in general, you only have so much space and so much time. Whereas with a podcast, you get to take those natural pauses. You get to think, you get to say, well, you know, based on this experience here, and you get to really go down a very natural rabbit hole of how the human mind works to where it feels so intimate and it feels like such a much deeper connection than what you can create through a piece of Instagram content or even through something like a blog or something like that. Podcasting is just so unique and I love that you use it specifically to help people grow their personal brand because the way that you speak and the way that you deliver and the way that the words that you use, the way you tell stories, nobody else is going to tell a story the way that you organically tell a story. And that in and of itself, the voice that you speak with is something that is going to so powerfully shape your brand, whether it's a business brand or a personal brand. And so what have you seen be some of the results of people that maybe you've worked with or even with your own personal brand that podcasting has helped you accomplish with your brand and your business? From my side, just having these powerful conversations, the more that I have them, the more confident I've got on the microphone. And I'm still getting better. I still work at this every day between vocal exercises through practicing. I'm trying to do the best I possibly can do when I'm a guest and when I'm a host. And I'm never going to get complacent because I know what happens. I've done that before. It, 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 it's not pretty. But in working with others, one of the greatest things that I experience, and it really is what makes me want to continue doing this, it keeps me motivated, is watching someone feel like they just can't do it. They don't have a voice. I can, I'm never going to be able to master this. I'm never going to be able to cut um out of my vocabulary. When they finally do it, just because it, it comes naturally, the more practice swings you put in. It's so awesome to see somebody make that discovery because that confidence spills over to so much more than just podcasting. That's something I teach a lot in this program that I have. And just when I'm talking with others in this space, because I, I feel like everyone needs to understand that the skill set that you develop on the microphone, it's going to make you confident in regards to how you tell your brand story here on the podcast that you're on. But this is going to translate to how you talk to your colleagues, how you give presentations to your team, how you talk to your customers, how you talk to your loved ones, because your voice projects in a, a much more powerful way. You speak with more conviction and you're more confident in how you're delivering your message. And Tristan, you know this as a brand strategist, that message is what it's all about. And if you're not relaying something that people can grab a hold of and really resonate with, it's not going to get you very far. And developing it here, translating it to other areas, is, it's huge. And that can work in reverse too. If you're a public speaker, bring it to the microphone with you. 
it's a different environment it may take you a couple practice runs, but once you get comfortable and realize that you're just having a conversation, these skills are so effective in all areas of your life. I can't recommend it enough because it's going to take your brand so far. And I can speak into that from a host perspective and a guest perspective, because there have been so many instances and it is, this is one of the most rewarding parts of being a host is when somebody comes on and they tell me that they're nervous or that they had anxiety beforehand and they, they wrote out everything that they wanted to say. And we go completely in the opposite direction and they have a killer conversation with me and they get to experience themselves in a whole new light, sharing their passion, using their voice, sharing their perspective, positioning themselves as a thought leader unintentionally because they're just genuinely enjoying the conversation. And by the time that I hit end on the recording, they go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was anxious. That was so much fun. That was so much fun. And it's so rewarding for me to get to witness people really get out of the shell of, I'm gonna say the wrong thing. This isn't gonna make sense. I don't have any original thoughts. I don't have anything to share. And it's so incredible to watch somebody like harness that thought leader within them and say, you know, I've always thought this, or I feel this, or I think this, how amazing is that, that you get to be in a position where I care about nothing other than your perspective for an hour, right? That is so cool. So from the host perspective, that is something incredibly rewarding that I get to experience. From the guest perspective, I have surprised the hell out of myself more times than I can count when I go on a podcast thinking, oh, I'm just going to say the same shit that I've said over and over and over again. And they ask me a question that sparks a thought that I've had ruminating for months now. And I just get to share my perspective. And by the end of the conversation, they go, wow, that was a really incredible conversation. So you get to surprise yourself in the confidence like you're talking about, the confidence that that has given me to trust my perspective and to really stand in my unique point of view is invaluable as as a professional and as an entrepreneur. 100%. And I think that speaks a ton to how the host manages their podcast. If you can make your guests feel comfortable and at ease and just just flow, just talk, just have a natural conversation, people want to be a part of that type of environment. I've experienced the opposite of where you show up and it's rigid and there's no structure and maybe to a small degree, there's too much structure because there's no real conversation taking place. It's just, I'm saying a point. And no one's actually going to come back with a counterpoint or something to add on top of that. They just ask the next question, ask the next question on their list because they feel like that's the only thing that's in play here is getting through all of these questions. That doesn't make somebody feel comfortable. That doesn't make somebody feel like their expertise is being valued. So if you're taking time to make somebody feel at ease, and I know, Tristan, you do this in your pre-communication as well. Letting somebody know what they're in for is going to make the, is it's going to put their mind at ease and make them a more comfortable guest. And if you're thinking on that level that maybe somebody's done a hundred podcasts before, maybe this is their first interview. I treat everybody like it's their first interview and let them know what to expect because I want them to be at their best. I want them to bring their A game and I don't want them to feel like there's any reason to be nervous. So you're as the host, you really steer that ship. 
And if you can do it well, the environment that you create is something that more people are going to want to be a part of. And they will, the, the guests may say, I've got five colleagues that want to, that I, I know would be great for your show. Can I introduce you? And what are you going to say? No, of course not. So yeah, you open up these great opportunities just by being a normal human being and creating a welcoming atmosphere. Yeah. And this is something, if you think about it, the podcast medium, how many other opportunities do you get to listen to the way that somebody's mind works and the expertise that they have for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour? So, I mean, some people go hour and a half, two hour episodes, mm-hmm. right? How often do you get the opportunity to just hear the way that people's minds work? I think that is one of the most expansive from a listener of podcasts. That is one of the most expansive and rewarding experiences with content that I have had on any other type of platform where I listen to somebody that I admire or I listen to somebody that's an expert in an arena that I know very little about or that I'm curious about. And you just get to hear the way that their mind works in terms of how they approach problem solving. I've learned more from that, from viewing problems through their perspective than I have taking courses or doing anything else. Is It's literally just shifting the way that your mind processes questions or problems or scenarios gives you so much perspective. And so, I mean, all I'm doing right now is validating the val- like <laughs> how <laughs> valuable podcasting is, but I really do have an appreciation for it. And I think it's it's such a good skill set, like you keep talking about to have, to really expand your confidence as an expert, but also just using your voice in general. Mm-hmm. I feel that when you think about the, just the the simple dynamic of what podcasting is all about, there aren't many other environments to where someone is going to give you their attention for that extended period of time anymore. We live in this world of TikTok videos and Instagram reels and YouTube shorts where everything is give it to me now. It's been 15 seconds. Oh my God, I got to go to the next one. I'm going to freak out. If I, you know what I mean? Like it's so quick, but with a podcast, people are going to put you in their ear for an extended period of time. And you have this window to impact them. You have to appreciate that because in most other scenarios, they are looking for the quickest way out of whatever situation they're in. If they're, if there's a situ or there's an issue they're having, they're going to Google or YouTube. They're looking for a quick fix. Give me a response to solve this problem as fast as possible. So I can move on with my life. But as on a podcast, if you can grab their attention and you can keep that attention by giving them riveting content, there's it, it's it's pretty much impossible to replicate that anywhere else these days. So be that person that brings value to the microphone on both sides. I'm talking host and guest to create that engaging conversation. So when people tune in, you've got them. They are in the seats. Their asses are not moving for as long as you go. That's what it's all about. And the impact you can make in that time could literally change everything you're doing with your brand. Okay, mic drop on that one. And, you know, I'm this whole time, I'm just thinking, Jason's been in this world, he said, for the last eight years. You have so much experience, but you've also witnessed the podcast medium evolve over time. So I'm really curious from your perspective if somebody is either an existing podcast host or they're considering starting a podcast, or even from a guest perspective. 
if somebody is stepping in and maybe they have a perception of what works with podcasts and what doesn't, what would you say are the things that people tend to focus too much on that used to work that no longer work or by work just effective valuable compelling versus mm -hmm. where it's evolved where this medium has evolved because you've seen it grow basically over the course of a decade yeah i, I mean when i jumped in in 2015 i don't remember the exact number that or uh, exact number of active podcasts that were out there, but I was also a very naive little boy when I jumped into the podcasting space. Me and my best friend started a beer podcast with pretty much no planning. Started it out of spite because I wanted to make a podcast better than some other guy who trolled me on Twitter. Stupid, right? I mean, these are stories that I'm proud to tell because I can tell anybody, don't do this. It doesn't work. So I learned a lot. I mean, I actually, in that time, after we did that show and it ran its course, I started another show and then realized that I need to take some time off. I really want to learn this. I love podcasting. It takes me back to my radio days when I was in college, but I want to get really good at this and I want to see how others are doing it. So yeah, I've seen a lot go up and a lot go down. And I can say that the learning curve has flattened a ton because back when I first started, we could get away with screwing some things up and maybe not doing any editing or whatever we did that was wrong because people were just starting to get familiar with these things called podcasts. 2022, as we sit and record this episode today, people have a pretty good understanding of what this is. And if they turn on something that has terrible sound quality, if they turn on a podcast it has like a five minute song intro followed by a 10 minute monologue that talks about nothing and they tuned into that show because you said in the title this is what you're talking about they're out you have to grab people's attention quickly i think the biggest difference between what we're doing with podcasting now and what we're what i saw eight years ago again with the learning curve for sure but you have to be in that mindset of the three second world the twitter or i'm sorry the instagram reels the the tiktoks it's a different time limit, but at the same time, it's really not because you only have a couple minutes to grab somebody's attention on your podcast, because if you don't, they're going to go find somebody that's giving them what they want, or they're just going to fast forward through all of the shit that you're putting in front of them to get to the meat and potatoes of why they showed up. So just get them there, get them to the value as fast as possible. I think that is the biggest change that I've seen is the podcasters that are savvy and they're doing the right thing by their audience, they have cut out all the crap and they are just setting the table for what they're going to give their audience and they get them to it. That's what's going to keep them in the seats. You need them to stay in the seats for the entire episode or else they have no reason to recommend your show to others and that's going to stunt your growth. So biggest thing I see now is the quality of the content has to be on par from start to finish in every aspect. So make sure you have good microphones, make sure you're not recording inside of a garbage can, make sure that you don't have dogs barking and lawnmowers going off and leaf blowers going. I mean, there's so many things that can disrupt the flow of a podcast where a listener could say, I don't want to listen to this. I'm not going to, I'll go over to this podcast. It's talking about the same thing, or maybe this guest talked over there and they actually cared about the sound quality. You have to think about your listener experience. And I think as this whole medium world has evolved, people have gotten smart to that. 
and they're starting to pay more attention to the final product they bring to their customer. And in this case is their listener. Agreed. Agreed. And there have been so many challenges I've had as an in-home podcaster, because this is what I have available to me. <laughs> I, I need to uh, improve the acoustics of my office. I'm literally working with a designer right now to help me do so, right? I live close to an airport. There's airplanes flying over. My kitchen is right next to my office. I can hear my fiance using the freaking food processor, <laughs> right? So there's all of these things that play into it. And, and those could be perceived as barriers to entry. Well, I don't have a well insulated room i don't you know my neighborhood is noisy all of these things but literally it's just i think there's this fine balance between working with what you have so you can get started sooner than later and still being cognizant of what can i control and what can i do what can i introduce to improve the like right now there's an airplane flying over there is this really fine line between what you can control and what you cannot control and i think that that's ultimately a decision that you have to make as somebody that's interested in podcasting and that's interested in sharing your voice that nothing is ever going to be perfect until like literally until you can invest in a production team a studio like all of these different things it's probably never going to be as good of quality as it can be and yet you can still care about the quality of the product that you're putting out by doing things like you know i mentioned i'm i'm bringing on a designer to help me with the acoustics of my office because it does sound a little tin canny in here right i can get a better quality mic that is in my control i can use the functionality of my recording software to pause or to mute if there's an airplane flying over me, things like that. Don't let those little things be barriers to entry to you getting started because there's always solutions. And I think especially when you are starting out and by starting out, I mean, under a hundred episodes, you're still a new podcast, right? So mm -hmm. if we use that as the standard, I think people do have a certain level of understanding of what you're working with, but you still have to show up for them and say, I'm going to do the absolute best with what I got and make sure that everything is as top quality as it possibly can be. So if we're talking to that person, do you have recommendations on how to create the absolute best environment for recording the best you know sound quality production value all of these things for somebody that is an at-home podcaster <laughs> yeah I, I think most of us are at-home podcasters i mean i've fashioned a studio in my house as well and that's a thing like you don't have to break the bank and i think you know as entrepreneurs as podcasters as humans we're going to always try to put obstacles in front of ourselves i'll never understand that mentality but we all do it right there's always going to be some reason why we shouldn't get started today but with podcasting you're right tristan you need to work with what you have and you don't have to break the bank but the the biggest thing that you can do is you know i think especially for if you're, you're just starting fresh or even if you're a few episodes deep or even in that under 100 episodes deep some semblance of a good microphone is probably the most important piece of hardware that you can have. And again, it's, it, it doesn't have to sound like you're in the most plush, professional, well-designed studio in the world. You just have to sound clear. You don't, you you don't want to sound like you're speaking on an internal microphone because that just doesn't sound good. That's it. And if it that is in regards, you can hook up to a USB as long as you don't sound like you're underground 
then you're already ahead of what a lot of podcasters have put out into the world, myself included back in the day. Very first episode, recorded it in a noisy bar. Imagine that listener experience, right? I don't care what type of house or an apartment or whatever you live in, I guarantee you have a closet. Record from your closet. I've seen many podcasters do this. That sound is going to be as good as it gets from an at-home perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to be sitting in the closet, but again, this is, again, they, they're, there are natural noise absorbers in your clothing, in your drapes, in your pillows, in your carpeting. All of these things are going to help. So if you can just get to that level with it, you're ready to rock. The most important thing to think about when you're doing this is not to get hung up on this equipment, get something that works, get something that's going to serve you, but be in a position that you can show up for your audience consistently because that's what they truly care about. For someone to fall in love with a podcast and more importantly, fall in love with you. And this is if you're on the guest side, making consistent guest appearances on podcasts that are relevant to your space. If you're hosting your own show, come at your people when you say you're going to comment them. If it's weekly, do it weekly. Bi-weekly, bi-weekly, fine. As long as you're communicating with your audience as to when you're going to deliver them content and then you don't leave them hanging, that gives them a good opportunity to fall in love with you. You want that in your life. You want people listening to your show every Thursday morning. If that's when it comes out, if they listen to it on the way to work, if they listen to it at the gym, if they work you into their life, that's good because the more you impact them, the more they're prone to tell others to listen to your show as well. But if you end up, if you end last week's show by saying, it's been a great episode, we'll see you next week. And then you don't have a show next week. They're going to be, well, where, where's Tristan's show? I, I listened to this every Thursday. And okay. Okay. I'm going to listen to Jason's show. Now, all of a sudden I may work into that Thursday morning time slot in their free time. And it's harder for you to get back in that rotation. Creating quality content as consistently as you possibly can is what's going to help your podcast grow. It's really the only way you can grow because Mm -hmm. people have to know that you are with them and they have to have a reason to tell others. If a podcast says they're going to be there and then they're not, why the hell would I turn around and tell my friends to listen to it? Right? Oh yeah, go listen to the show. They put out one last week, but maybe they'll be here this week. They they might come back next week too. Everybody's going to be like, are you nuts? No, I'm going to listen to the show that I listen to because they're there for me. So make sure you're creating your content as quality as you possibly can. Do not get hung up on all kinds of expensive techie equipment, but be consistent and be committed to your podcast. When you do that, that's going to get you engrossed in it. And if you truly love what you're doing, then maybe you throw a little bit of money at it. But you don't have to break the bank to make this work. Agreed. And one thing you're talking about that I no is super important is the consistency piece and i remember when i was first getting started in podcasting all of the things felt so overwhelming and for anybody that's maybe not yet in podcasting but wants to be or is in podcasting and still hasn't figured out a system or a rhythm for how they can create consistent content because if we really think about it there are a lot of steps that have to happen and maybe I'm overcomplicating it. I would love to hear your perspective of what has to happen from inviting somebody on to then publishing and promoting the episode 
So if we had to think about stages or steps or something that would help somebody to really streamline their production process so that they can be consistent and uphold that accountability that they've given their word to their audience that they're going to uphold, how can you support them? Or is there a process that you love to recommend to help people be consistent? There's really no way around the preparation that you have to do before, during, and after your podcast production. But there are two ways that you can help yourself in this process. One would be, don't think you have to produce some long, epic episode each and every week. Make sure that you are working within your time constraints so you don't stress yourself out. I'll never forget this. I was at Podcast Movement back in 2021, and me and one of my friends were talking with this guy who was telling us how much he was struggling with making his podcast come out and making it grow. And one of the questions we asked was, how long are your episodes? Well, two hours. And we both were just like, two hours? How often? Oh, every week. Like, well, dude, if you're stressed, like, there's your answer. You've got a month's worth of content in one episode. Just chop it up. Oh, I can't. I, I gotta, it's gotta be this long. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It, it, there's ways to do it. If you're willing to listen, no, I, they have to be two hours. I'm like, okay, there's, there's just no winning this battle, but that's the thing. If you've got all, if you've got a limited amount of time and you're trying to produce an epic every single time, you're going to burn out and you're going to walk away from your project. So create content that is conducive to your time constraints. And guess what? A half an hour is a damn good time window for a podcast. You can learn a lot in that time window. Think about all the great sitcoms of the world. They're half an hour or less. And you get, you, maybe you don't learn something, but you're entertained. So that's a good place to start. Number two is batching. You can schedule two to three interviews and actually have content backed up in, we call it in the can. So you can do other things in your life and not have your life revolve around creating podcast content. So if you have six episodes recorded, edited, set to go, you can take a little break, take a couple of weeks off because you've got your content set to go. That's a good feeling. Then you can recharge, you can keep your energy levels up and it will make you want to come back and keep getting better at this. But if you get to a point where you're immediately putting yourself at a deficit, it hurts and it, it's hard to bounce back because you start to build up in your mind that this isn't working. This isn't working. And all I do is stress myself out. Why am I doing this? Why am I bringing this stress into my life? Boom. You implode game over. And that's again, super hard to bounce back from. And listen again, speaking from experience, did this with one of my past podcasts. Didn't plan right, realized immediately that I need to be thinking long-term on this project if I want to make it work. And now it's almost embarrassing how far ahead I am because I took this advice of my own to heart. But it also gives me a lot of flexibility and I can release additional content when I want to. And it's just allowing me to continue building up my bank and it makes my overall product much better. So work within your time constraints, batch your content two great ways to keep control of things. That's great advice. And I do have a follow-up question that I think would be awesome to end on. And that is for somebody that may be feeling um, 
disenchanted or maybe a little burnt out with social media, what opportunities does podcasting open up? Because from a brand strategy perspective, from a marketing perspective, I think having a social presence is pretty much a non-negotiable at this point, but how much you lean on that social presence and how much you rely on that social presence is really up to you and what other channels of marketing you open up for your business, for visibility and exposure and lead generation and things like that. So mm -hmm. from your perspective, you've worked with people, you, you have a huge network of podcasters. What have you seen as being possible for entrepreneurs to get their name out there and to market themselves without necessarily relying on their Instagram or relying on their Facebook or TikTok or whatever it may be. With podcasting, I, I tend to talk to everybody about the guesting aspect first, especially if you're new to the game. If you've never done anything with podcasting, if you're looking to get a, a start in this world of, okay, I'm burnt out on doing reels, or I just don't feel like I'm getting the traction I want on my social media accounts. What can I do that is still the same in context, but it might take me a different direction. I think podcasting could work. What should I do? Anytime someone asks themselves that question, I think the first thought they say is I have to start my own podcast. And that's simply not the case. What I recommend everybody does if you're fresh to this is that you look at building a guesting campaign. And you start looking at podcasts that are relevant to your space, to your niche. If you can create powerful, compelling presentations as to why you could lend value to those shows, get yourself booked as a guest, start making an impact from the guest seat. And when you do that, you start to raise that no like, and trust factor. You start to build credibility. You establish authority. You get confident with your voice and you're networking with other podcasters. So you can start to develop relationships. And this is really where I put my attention is helping people understand the power that can be drawn from this platform if you treat it with the respect it deserves. If you're just treating it like a transaction, nothing's going to happen for you. So as you do these interviews, you, you meet new people, you get really, really good at telling your brand story. You find it new ways to tell your brand story it, it, or tell your brand story. It's going to make you this confident speaker to where let's say six months to a year down the road, you may say, I freaking love this. I'm going to keep doing it, but now I'm going to start my own podcast because I've learned so much about the podcast space and I've connected with so many people by doing these guesting opportunities. I have this pool of people that I can reach out to and say, hey, I'm starting a podcast. Why don't you come join me? Because in the very beginning, I guarantee when you're sitting down to plot out what you're going to do with a podcast, one of the biggest stresses you're going to have is who the hell am I going to talk to on my show? And there are absolutely services out there that will help you find people, but that's usually one of the big hurdles that may make somebody say, I don't want to do this because I don't have anybody to talk to. So start with guesting, build your network, build your confidence, and put yourself in a position to where you may say, you know what, this is enough for me. I have built my personal brand and taken it so far that I'm just going to double down. Maybe I'll start doing two interviews a day instead of one or 10 a week, whatever your number is. And you may say, okay, I don't even need to have my own podcast because this works. Or you can say, I'm going to add my own podcast to my arsenal and I'm going to start having impactful conversations, but I'll be the one guiding it. And that's going to be good that you've had this. When you, when you do that, it'll be good that you've had this guesting experience because guess what? 
what's the best way to grow your audience? To be a podcast guest. Start going on shows to promote that you have a podcast for people to listen to because you're speaking to a captive audience of podcast listeners. To tie this all back to social media, when you're promoting your podcast on social media, they're not necessarily podcast listeners. Now, they may listen to podcasts in their time at the gym or on, in their commute, wherever, but when they see your social media promotions, they're more than likely in one of those infinite scrolls where they're just mindlessly flowing through content. So the most you can hope for, I mean, the best thing that could happen is that they see it and go, ooh, this is great. I'm going to go listen now. But more than likely, what they're going to need is something that plants a seed that says, when I'm going to work tomorrow, I'm going to check out this podcast. So start as a guest, build your skill set, and then determine from there what the best direction is to go. Epic advice, epic advice. And I appreciate you so much coming on because every time I talk to you, I learn something new, I get a new perspective. And I just think you're not think I know that you're such a wealth of knowledge. And this is what you help people do is to become value driven podcast guests. So can you share with everybody listening who is has their ears perked and it's like, Oh, I'm really interested in this. And I want to get better at it. I want to use this as part of my, you know, PR marketing campaign, whatever it may be. How can people work with you? What does that look like? What's the best way to get started? Best way to get started, come over to my website and visit jasoncircone.com slash wildwomanhouse. And I'll have some great information there for you to get access to. It's a good jumping off point. So I look forward to having a conversation with anyone that wants to explore this space and really learn how they can dig their heels in and get the most from it. So while you're on my website, there's a number of things that you can do, but start off by taking advantage of some of the free information. I know we talked at the beginning about some of the things that Tristan and I collaborated on. The workshop that we did is on my website. So you can check that out among a lot of other free resources that I have available, but jasoncircone.com slash wildwomanhouse is a great place to get started. There you go, guys. That will all be linked in the show notes. So all you got to do is flip your thumb down, go scroll and check it out, and it'll be right there for you. But Jason, thank you so much for coming on. I always value our conversations. They're always so much fun. Like I said, I always learn at least one new thing when I talk to you. So that's pretty awesome because we've done a lot together. So the fact I keep learning and keep learning tells me that you've got just like treasure troves of information (laughs) to give. So everybody go check out those links in the show notes. If you're looking for support in this area, Jason is definitely the person I always send people to. And I just appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Jason. Likewise, Tristan. As always, this has been a blast. All right, that is a wrap on today's conversation with Jason, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the podcasting expert, all things personal brand coach. I could continue, but I'll stop for the sake of time. If you enjoyed today's episode, I highly suggest that you connect with Jason. He is literally a wealth of knowledge when it comes to just acing podcasting as a whole, whether you want to be a guest, a host, or maybe a hybrid of both, he is the guy that you should connect with. So all of his links to his socials, his websites, etc., can be found in the show notes. And with that, I am tuning off. I am signing out. I am so grateful for you, your time, attention, and that you keep coming back. And that tells me that A, this is a fantastic show, but B, that you are invested in growing your brand 
taking hold of your dreams, harnessing that big vision and making a big impact. So here comes that signature sign off. I'm cheering you on. I am forever proud of you. Now go pursue that big income and big impact that you're after.